Hello, I am Andy Ward. Let's story some ghosts. This is a story I've written entitled Pipe Gripes. Ah, that's some good smoke, said Donald Buttercups. He ingests another lungful. If only all smoke tasted this good, then I'd probably eat an exhaust pipe. Donald's assembled guests all chuckled to themselves. Nobody had any idea whatsoever what he was talking about, but everybody chuckled as if they were Pavlov's chuckling dogs. Why, Donald, truly you are a fine wit and a supreme host, remarked Donald's close friend, the esteemed Dr. Perrins. And verily, this collection of pipes is unrivaled throughout the land. Let us raise a toast to Donald. The assembled throng of dignitaries raised their glasses. Please, there is no need for thanks, said Donald. After all, that is the first rule of Pipe Club. He was right. That was the first rule of Pipe Club. Unfortunately, it was all downhill from there, rules-wise. By the time he got to Rule 45, it was mostly a mess of bylaws about the inability to enjoy a meringue in the car park. Still, this had affected relatively few people in the past, and what people had been affected by it wouldn't be doing any talking now. Donald received a polite round of applause for his humble speech before people returned to trading anecdotes amongst themselves. Donald felt a tap on his shoulder and turned around to be greeted again by his good friend Dr. Perrins. Donald, you've done it again, he said as he hugged him, nearly setting his blazer alight with his pipe embers as he did. Mind your pipe embers, said Donald gruffly. I'm sorry, replied Dr. Perrins apologetically. It's just that this is the best pipe club we've had for years. I'm very excited. Dr. Perrins was right. This was the best pipe club they'd had for years. Various disappointments had befallen the group. Only a few weeks earlier, Barry Bernardos had promised the club the night of their lives with the world's largest pipe. Such a bold claim was always going to be hard to back up. However, nobody was prepared for the level of disappointment that did hit when they arrived at Barry's to be confronted with what was simply a bucket attached to a bit of guttering. This isn't technically a pipe, they grumbled. And they were right. Many saw this as the final straw for Pipe Club, especially since it was just weeks after the shameful Bobblegate incident. Those who had remained loyal to the cause, however, had seen their loyalty rewarded in the most spectacular fashion with an above-average selection of pipes. Truly, this was all the world's best pipes in one room. Or so Donald thought. You think you're the Prince of Pipes? said a shrill voice in Donald's ear. Donald turned around to meet the source of the voice, however there was nobody there. Dr. Perrins, was that you? he said. Was what me? replied Dr. Perrins. You called me the Prince of Pipes, said Donald accusingly. No, I didn't replied Dr. Perrins. Then who did? said Donald as a chill spread down his spine. Come to the study, hissed the voice. Donald turned again to be confronted by thin air. You'll have to excuse me, said Donald nervously as he made haste towards the exit. But where are you going? asked Dr. Perrins. However, it was too late. Donald had already left the room, rendering this piece of dialogue entirely pointless. Donald found himself standing in the corridor. He was sweating now, the cold beads of liquid fear cascading down his body like a butter jagger on a log flume. What was this voice, and what does it want with him? He would have to venture to the study to find out. He slowly walked down the hall, the resounding crash of his ill-advised knee cymbals echoing about the empty corridor. 
As he approached the door, he felt a sudden chill wash over his body. He slowly turned the handle and pushed the door open. The room was dark. By the window, Donald thought he saw a shadow. Then it vanished. He heard a scuttling noise, then a faint laugh. Donald slowly found himself drawn into the room. Is there anybody there? he asked nervously. Suddenly the door slammed behind him, throwing into almost complete darkness. Only the faintest beams of moonlight that had managed to penetrate the Power Rangers' curtains now illuminated the room. Donald turned to see the shadowy figure again. Without warning, it began to lurch menacingly towards him. Donald emitted a blood-curdling scream and toppled backwards. The figure stopped in its tracks. Donald hastily crawled across to a lamp and flicked the switch. What he saw shook him to his very core. "'What are you?' he said. "'Hold on, I'll be with you in a second replied the figure. You appear to have curdled my blood. Donald stared at the figure. It was unlike anything he'd seen before. What is that? he stammered. Oh, you mean my face? Don't you recognize me, Donald? Or is it all the meringue that's confusing you? rasped the figure. He was as tall as a five-foot-seven house and with a face that appeared to be crafted entirely of meringue nest. A chill spread across Donald's body as the realization hit him. Alan? Alan, is that you? But this is impossible, said Donald, back into a corner. Is it Donald? Is it really? replied the monstrosity known as Alan. You have a meringue for a face, I'd say so. Well, it's not, replied Alan. Tell me, do you recall the events of that night, Donald? Donald did recall the events of that night, all too vividly. He remembered the clock striking eight and heading out into the car park for a cigarette break with many of the other members of the pipe club. He remembered the scent of whipped egg whites in the air, the way the moon illuminated the figure of Alan hiding behind a, a bin eating a meringue. He remembered the fury that spread throughout the group at this flagrant disregard for the sacred laws of pipe club. He remembered the mob justice that it dealt out to Alan for his insult. He remembered the blood on his hands. So much blood. Enough to make even Dracula himself say, No more for me, thanks. I've had enough blood. You're probably wondering how this happened, said Alan, gesturing towards his sugary head. As I lay there, dying by the bins, my nostrils full of broken meringue, I tried to pull myself up, but only succeeded in crushing myself with a barrel. A barrel full of radioactive material. Donald shuddered. He should have known that his overly relaxed approach to, di to the disposal of hazardous materials would come back to haunt him. It was almost as if Captain Planet had never happened. The fusion of that radioactive waste and the shards of meringue may have saved me. But at what cost? At what cost, Donald? screamed Alan. I'm sorry, Alan, I never meant for any of this to happen. We only meant to kill you. We never intended to turn you into this... It's too late for apologies, Donald, replied the figure, shaking himself out as his blood began to decurdulize. What do you want from me, said Donald nervously. Alan pulled an object from his pocket and began to advance toward Donald. I want you to try this pipe, he said. You want me to smoke a pipe? But I love pipes. Is it meant to be a punishment? Try the pipe, snarled the beast, in a manner that d did not befit a man named Alan. Okay, I'll try the pipe, stammered Donald as he took the pipe from Alan. It was a pipe unlike any he had seen before. 
It seemed to almost glow in the relative dark of the corner that was perhaps only thirty percent illuminated by the lamp. Donald could have sworn he heard it whisper to him. He was entranced by its majesty. It was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. He had to take a puff. As he lit the tobacco and slowly inhaled the smoke, he suddenly felt himself awash with coldness. How's the pipe? sneered Alan menacingly. Donald felt himself growing weaker and dropped the pipe. His hand seemed to not only be draining of blood, but draining of skin too. What have you done? screamed Donald as his wrist was vaporized. You always did love pipes, laughed Alan. Tell me, how does it feel to become one? Donald crashed to the floor as his body continued to disintegrate. As he glanced across at the pipe lying next to him, he was stunned by what he saw. As it was no longer just miscellaneous clay, but his own face staring back at him. He screamed one final scream, and then he was gone, his own soul inhaled by the very pipe that he had coveted so much. That's the end of another ghost story. Bye!